Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 8.25? Precisely. Yeah. I'm waiting for school. You know, I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. You are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. Well, whatever it is, it's gotta get by us. Right. Go get her, Ray! Welcome to Get a Little of This Movie, a movie franchise podcast. My name is Corey. Hey, what's up? I'm Cole. And I'm Zach. And today... We are, are, we are covering Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom. And do you guys have anything initially to say before we get, get into it? Or you just, just get well, into it? Well, I feel it? like, well, just because there's really no other logical spot to put this, um, I feel like we do got to acknowledge a couple episodes ago when we had the, the predictions that me and you put for where the Cardinals would be in the season. Uh, that was a couple episodes ago on the Scream 6 episode, and that was an episode we had recorded <laughs> a week before opening day um and they you know the episode just happened to drop you know a couple months later um you want to know something you want to know something i do i do we we had i don't know if you saw this but mlb posted something right after we it was right before we made the predictions right they posted Mm -hmm. something about us having a crown on the logo because we won spring training or something and yeah, so we I just, I, I, I just thought, I just thought when you have all this, when you have talent on a team and you have people that are good at defense, they would, they would, you know, be, be talented and be good at defense and do things that are good and what they get paid to do. But apparently when you have a bunch of people who are paid a lot of money to do something that they're good at doing, that means they're not going to be good at doing and it's going to be a bad team. So I didn't know that. That's, that was my mistake. You know what? Now I know that for the future and if somehow <laughs> next year. We think the same thing. I'm gonna be like, oh wait, let's remember. This means it's gonna be a bad team. That's what we have to remember. That's what. And and I just <laughs> forgot that, and that was my fault. Did you uh? Did you know that John Mosellock actually has a cameo in uh, Dial of Destiny? I did know that. That was uh, well. There goes another question. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'm boycotting. And it's embarrassing. It's okay though. It's okay though. But you know what isn't embarrassing? The green light. It's <laughs> a good sign. I don't know the future. <laughs> you like that? I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. Yeah, uh, so Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, released three years after the first one in 1984. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. Again, he stated to Lucas, if I direct the first, I'm doing a trilogy and... With this one, I mean, Lucas made Empire darker, so it stood to reason that this this movie was going to be a noticeably darker tone from the first one, which uh, they both of these guys did a tribute to the um, falling apart of their marriages, which is which is very sad, you know, that that they were both kind of in a dark place at the time, and that led to. You know, a darker film tonally, which you can't really tell in the first act, in my opinion. But from the second to, and third act, I mean, it does take a. So their uh, their relationships, their marriages fell apart, and they decided to make the movie darker. They're like, you know, I, my wife is gone. You know what? I'm gonna put in this next movie, child slavery. Human sacrifice. <laughs> I'm gonna take it out on the audience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, he was just coming off one of my personal favorite of his movies, E.T., in 1983, so he was slowly making a comeback. Um, it's a big movie. I love that movie so much, you know. Uh, the film was another box office success, grossing $333.1 million against a $28.17 million budget. Though it wasn't as big of a critical success, it got a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, of course, as you pointed out last time, Zach, that's been averaged out since then, um, and it holds a 3.6 ranking on Letterboxd, so very, very low compared to the first one. Um, as far as cast what was the first goes, one? We... What was the first one on Letterboxd? 
me see. I think it was a 4.1, but I can double check that really quick. Um, yeah, 4.2. Raiders had a 4.2 on Letterbox. So 0.6 drop off from the first mm, one. Sharp. So we have um, a bunch of newcomers in the cast. As you stated, Spielberg wanted to make. James Bond and James Bond always has a new love interest. Enter Kate Capshaw as Willie Scott. Um, Capshaw was designed to basically contrast Marion Ravenwood from the first movie, who was less of making Willie less of a foil, more of a damsel in distress. And over 120 actresses did audition for the role, including. Um, Someone who Sidney Prescott's mother was not. Can we can we guess who that was? Her mother was no. Sharon Stone. Thank you. Um, and then you have Ki Hui Kwan, who plays Short Round. Kwan was one of 6,000 actors worldwide who auditioned for the role. And Spielberg liked him so much. He loved his attitude. He thought he was a really funny kid. So... The scene where Willie's freaking out and he's screaming at Indy about cheating, that was all him. That was uh-huh. not scripted. That was all him right on the spot. Finally, we have Amrish Puri as Mullah Ram. Uh, this film was really his big international break. He was known more as an Indian film star. Um, so this was his first really big international role. I thought I read that um, Short Round did not audition for this movie but instead his brother did and yeah. he came along to the audition and um steven spielberg was just like no it's you you gotta be it which i just want to say if that happened with me and my brother i would be so <laughs> upset especially if he was that young that'd be ridiculous um but i don't i just I, I I just read that somewhere once, so I was just double checking. Like, do we know? Yeah, is yeah, that, is, I read that. I read that too. His brother was originally the one who auditioned, and then okay. Hey man, I, it's a I tough business. Ag- it's a tough business. I can man. agree, Corey. Except you know, I am the younger brother, so that means I would be getting the part. Which, Here, but here's the thing: even if you went and your older brother like drove you or something, and you were the one auditioning, and he, Steven Spielberg was like, you know what? No. You're untalented, but your older brother, your older brother is so talented. He doesn't even need to audition. He's here. He's in. Wouldn't you be very upset? I'm I'm pretty sure he didn't thank his brother for starting his career at the Oscars this year. So, Corey or Cole, I'm <laughs> Cole, I'm uh, imagining you now as short round in Temple of Doom instead of, you know, I, I feel like um, Indiana would would lose his patience with you pretty quick. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't see him keeping up his uh, chipper attitude with you as you keep setting off booby traps and, and whatnot. Unfortunately. Yeah. Short round uh, did have a lot of charm and he's, he's really funny. And honestly, there's a lot of scenes where he, you feel like this really experienced actors coming out, even though it's his, his first movie, but I'll get into that later. Um, Corey, do you want to do the call sheet? Uh, does Harvey know about you and his little bunny? <laughs> Where are they? Killing is making a choice. Where are they? Choose between one life or the other. Your friend, the district attorney. Or his blushing bride to be. So, welcome to the call sheet. This is where, this is a short little trivia section that is led by yours truly, and where Zach and Cole go head to head. It is currently tied at two apiece. Um, usually, this is four questions and then a bonus question, but today it's only going to be three questions and a bonus question because, unfortunately, we were talking about it uh, one of the questions beforehand, to, and I didn't want to just ask it blatantly when I knew both of them knew. Anyway, let's just get right into it. Keeping with the theme of putting Star Wars characters in Indiana Jones, which Star Wars character is referenced in this movie? Too easy. Okay, I have answers from both of you guys. Um, and remember, I didn't mention this rule. I, don't, I want to state this rule before. If someone answers, no hint is given. But mm-hmm. if neither answer and a hint is requested, then I will give it to you. Okay. okay. Next question. Um, 
Aren't family vacations always stressful? Indy Short Round and Willie crash land at Indio where their main adventure begins. Where was their plane originally heading? Oh, you son of a bitch. Ooh, that's a good that's one. A good one. Uh, where would they be going? Um, I do not have hmm. a hint for this one because I, I didn't know what kind of hint to really give. Oh, Cole, are we changing? Yes. I, I yes. don't. I'm not gonna accept changes like Come that. You on. can't change. No, I'm you changed the answer. I just changed the answer to the first question. Because I just thought about it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna set that. I again. Okay. 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 Again, I'm just gonna set that one aside. You already answered it, so I'm sorry. You can't change your answer. You. That's why I'm sorry. Cool. I'm just saying. I'm just Who? saying. I'm sorry Who? that you can't change your answer. I'm not saying if you were right or wrong. Oh no, I'm right. Um, anyway, okay. If I had a nickel for every time I read that AI was going to take over the world, I'd be a millionaire. Well, it turns out robots didn't just start to take our jobs now. There were a lot of stunts done in this movie that were too dangerous to be done by a stunt double. So instead, they were performed by animatronics. How many stunts had to be done by these robots? Oh man, well, I know one of them for sure. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what another stunt would be. Um, I get, uh, this is gonna gosh. this is gonna be closest to the pin since it is a number. Okay. And another answer change. Come on, man, be confident with your first answer. Anyway, it's just been popped. They- the three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't jump on it so fast. Just take a second and breathe, because. Zach, he cha- he sent to answer really fast, and then he like for a second, th- and then sent it like right when you sent your answer. So it was like he didn't. It, you just gotta take a second, take a second. Just, get, just breathe. Uh, do, I will count since like I'll, I'll count your second answer as okay. your answer for this one. Um. Okay. So we're just gonna go straight into the bonus question. This is closest to the pin. Okay. Um. Because of Temple of Doom and Gremlins. The MPAA came up with the new PG-13 rating in 1984. When was the PG-13 rating officially debuted? I'm looking for a date. (laughs) This is just closest to the pin in here. Second part. So, as I said, Gremlins and Temple of Dune were the reason this this change was made. Gremlins came out June 8th, 1984, and Temple of Doom Doom came out May 23rd, 1984. So I'm looking for a date. We're getting closest to the pin here. Okay, it looks like we have a winner. Okay, keeping with the theme of putting Star Wars characters in Indiana Jones, which Star Wars character was referenced in this movie? It was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And can anyone tell me how he was referenced? The club. It was the club. It was the name of the club. Zach put Obi Wan Kenobi. Cole put Chewbacca. And then I changed. And it. then changed it to Obi Wan Kenobi. How convenient. Uh, family vacations are always stressful. Indy Short Round and Willie crash land in India, where their main adventure begins. Where was the plane originally heading? Uh, Zach sent in Greece. Cole said the USA. The answer was. Thailand or Saima that's what they say in the movie but Saima's Thailand it's like the name so we that, were both way off it was the name I, it, yeah you guys weren't close <laughs> anyway okay moving right along <laughs> it is one to zero right now if I had a nickel for every time that I read AI was going to take over the world I'd be a millionaire well it turns out robots didn't just start taking our jobs there was a lot of stunts in this movie that were done by animatronics how many stunts were done by these robots cole sent in five he originally sent in 10 and then changed it and zach sent two the answer was two can anyone tell me what those scenes were i have a guess i have I've, 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 I've the bridge scene for sure and the scene i'm was guessing one. i'm guessing they might have put some animatronics when they throw when they jump out of the plane maybe on the raft thing or, or the raft scene in general no, that was not animatronics. That was just a dummy that they strapped oh. to the plane. It was, but there was a robot that was made for when the guy was lowered down in the cage, 
Uh, and oh, alive. oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. He was, it, it was a robot that was made to look like he was in distress. And actually, <laughs> Steven Spielberg was just like, that's actually a bit too gruesome. Because you could like just see this whole thing just shaking around like so violently. So he put a film of like fire over it when it starts getting burned. So uh, it's a bit more difficult to see. A lot of a uh, lot of fire used to cover up gruesome scenes in these movies. Spielberg yeah. went two for two. So now it is two to zero in the favor of Zach. And here's our bonus question: uh, Because the Temple of Doom uh, and Gremlins, the MPAA came up with a new PG-13 rating in 1984. When the exact date was the PG-13 rating officially debuted? And the answer, or Zach sent in October 1st of 1984, and Cole sent in July 9th. The answer was July 1st. So Cole was closest to the pin and actually got pretty close with that one. So it ended up being one to two in favor of Zach. And now two, and Zach is winning three to two. Now, Action. Even the opening scene, there's always some random girl who gets a call that undoubtedly ends up getting her killed. It's all so predictable. There's no element of surprise. You can see everything coming. <laughs> Did that surprise you? <laughs> now shut the fuck up and watch the movie. All right, uh, and actually we just talked about the movie. Now, now Corey, I'm going to use... Um, I'm going to use... One of your trivia questions is a segue here uh, in terms of the the darker tone of this movie, uh, along with Gremlins being caused for the MPAA to add a PG-13 rating, uh, you know, in between PG and R. Uh, a very necessary change, I'd, I'd wager. Because um, this movie is a lot darker than Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, just off the top of my head, we have, like I mentioned before, we have child slavery. Uh, we have... Guys, execution by heart removal and then lowering into fire pit. As you see the heart catch on fire. That was the coolest part of the movie. <laughs> like just yeah. Molaram holding it. Just that Look. shot of him just, and it's the heart just catches on fire and everyone's just going crazy. And then I thought that was so cool. Uh, we have voodoo torture. Um, we also have... Uh, British colonialism, but that's not portrayed that that bad in this movie, interestingly enough. Yeah, they um, kind of joke about it. It's interesting. So, like, the movie without Nazis is somehow a, a darker movie. Um, and it's what's even more interesting about it, I would say it's simultaneously darker and sillier than, than Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, which is the an interesting scene combo. Alone, the opening scene alone is just so much sillier. Well, it does. It, it lets you know right away that anything goes, you know, it's right there, right there in the opening opening song, which the fact that there's an opening song to begin with really sets a tone. I love that song. It's a good I song. Love that yeah, song. it does. Again, song. doesn't make sense, though, because there this is like a giant performance with like a huge tap dancing, uh, you know, choreography and all that and, and a stage that clearly nobody within this club could see once we see what the club is. Yeah, it's so I thought I think too. this is. We're already out of reality a little bit. I think they're not trying to make it seem like, oh, that's all happening. I think they're just like, here's an opening number to this movie. But it was really just her singing Weren't the credits at the stage with the too? dancers. Yeah. Weren't there some credits? Yeah. So it was like a credit scene. It was just like yeah. how James Bond starts with that, like, those crazy graphic stuff going on. It's just a fun way of starting the movie. Of course, we got some double crossing going on, and it kind of just goes back and forth. Uh, you know, Indi- Indiana loses his friend. Uh, Wuhan. You know he gets he gets poisoned, and you know he needs the antidote. Things, a lot of moving parts here. A lot of things going wrong for Indiana. He's got to manage. This is a very stressful opening scene <laughs> in terms of. <laughs> he's got a lot to do while poison is coursing through his veins. Um, he's uh he's dying pretty bad. The but poison works fast, Doctor Jones. You see, well, I like that he kind of fakes it. He he kind of I think he fakes it a bit when he stands up and they're like too much to drink and then he grabs like the flaming kebab and like spears that guy in the heart. That was awesome. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the opening scene. Then they they crash land him and him and Willie crash land into the car, uh, and he's like, "Wow, wow, dr- crash landing, very cool." That's what short short rounds driving the car, and short it's a crowded so streets. 
Yeah, he's he, he's the man. From the first line, you're like, okay, like this kid, this kid can kind of hold his own with a more experienced actor, like right away. That's that's why I love about I don't know this if I got character. that right away. I definitely got that when they were having the uh, the poker scene in the jungle. That's when yeah. I really I was just like, he is like he's holding his own and like as the character like the character's kind of holding his own against Indy, but also this guy's like this kid's holding his own against Harrison Ford is what I thought at that point. And it's like really yes. natural too. Like yeah. it feels it feels like that's something that really works well in the silliness aspect, you do have this kid, right? Mm -hmm. But this kid can also have these really dramatic moments. Like the scene where he burns Indy, like with the torch, he's like begging him to stop. Yeah, he's crying. He goes, you are my best friend, Indy. I love you. And like, it hurts. Mm -hmm. Yet he wasn't in any other movies. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I do like that, uh, he he's like to, to what you were just saying, Cole, uh, Cole is like even after he um, gets Indy out of that that uh, you know trance or whatever, uh, they have they have like a little moment together and and it's he goes like oh Indy my friend and it's so it's so like it's honestly pretty emotional. I got a little little choked up watching that part because uh, you can you can tell that they really really like each other even though yeah we don't see him in any other movies. It, he he left short round in India. I, that's that's just what I'm assuming. I think it's a testament because um, when you have a, a a child character in a non-child movie, a lot of times they can be annoying. And the fact that or feel yeah, like the fact that short round is not annoying in this movie, and that he's actually really likable and holds his own against Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones in that sense. Like you want to see more of short round. You like scenes with short round. That's really a testament to a the performance and the writing. Um, it's just a really good character, and I, I think it, he's a, a really good foil for Harrison uh, or for Indiana Jones, and just a great sidekick character. One of the great sidekicks in the history of movies, I think. It's also really cool that yes, there's kind of this paternal son thing with them because Indy does represent like this paternal figure to short round probably, but there's also this like he says, "You're my friend," like we're we're compatriots like he he trust when he when he jumps in the car he says short round step on it he knows he's gonna do what he needs to do and that's that's really cool that you see this older figure trust this kid and he not only trusts him but he treats him like an adult you know in in most of the scenes like he's not gonna like baby this kid he he treats him like he's a an adult, he treats him like he's a yeah, friend. Yeah, I mean, he really he cares cool. for him, but it's not like he's babysitting him, which is is I think does make it a more enjoyable dynamic for sure. Cole, you are you are correct in that sense. We get on the plane, um, which I think is a really funny cut. Oh, by the way, Corey, did you clock that cameo? Yeah, right before they get on the plane, Dan Aykroyd. Isn't that isn't that fun? <laughs> what's what's he doing there? What's what's That's he up what to? Uh, what's that rascal doing in there? Um. <laughs> Well, Ray had to earn back the money that they they mortgaged his childhood home for for the firehouse. So you know, Ray was putting people on in China. planes in in China in 1935. Time travel. Well, we're not quite there yet in the series, but I feel like that's where we're getting to uh, with Indiana Jones. But yeah, they get up to this really funny cut where he goes like, "Nice try, Laoche," or whatever, and he closes the plane door, and it's like Laoche Air Freight. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's pretty good. And then just, you know, again, we're owning the silliness now, and I think it's intentional. It's not trying to be a logical movie. Because, like, why would these pilots not just shoot these guys while they're sleeping instead of <laughs> to, destroying an entire airplane to kill them? Like, that's expensive, man. To um, make it look like an accident. They don't. I don't think he cared if it was an accident. These guys, it's 1935. They're not going to find these guys. It's international you know, air, and, man. All right. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Well, that may be. Maybe that is the reason, Corey. Maybe he was worried about, you know, accountability in that sense. Uh, <laughs> sure, certainly wasn't too worried about it when they were shooting him driving through the streets or whatever. But, um, you know, oh. is is what it is. Either way, it's a fun sequence. No parachutes. Uh, we're we are we are officially in fantasy land. Jumping out of the the plane in a 
inflatable raft landing on the mountain and we're not sinking we're crashing yeah willie is pretty unbearable in the first 20 minutes of this movie i think it, it but yep and then they're in india we're in india now what are you saying Corey? do you do you guys like willie like throughout this movie because i just didn't really like at, be, to start off i was just like i don't really know but then when i like when her and indy started like flirting I was like, oh, they do kind of, they do have chemistry. Like, I, I, I like it. Like, I'm, this is fun to watch on screen. But then it just still felt like there was no place for her in the movie. Really. Yeah. I think, I think she, she, I, the first half, like I said, I did not like her. Like, when she's just getting all grossed out by the food and whatnot. Like, the food gross out scene at the dinner does not work for me. Um, and that kind of goes into a larger problem that this movie has, uh, I think. Uh, but yeah, in general, I think Kate Capshaw actually becomes pretty. She's got a lot of actual pretty funny moments, like when she has to save them. The, uh, the whole, like you said, Corey, the flirting scene. She's really funny. Her and Harrison are both really funny uh, when they're like kind of. They don't. Yeah, they're they're great line. Really, really, uh, like hitting the innuendos hard in that interaction. He, he was so smooth, like to start off, because he was just like some of them. At first, they were going over my head, but once he said, like, certain things, I was just like, oh, wait. And then it kind of retroactively, like, cascaded all the previous ones that I was like, oh, oh, okay. I see you. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, and eventually, it's impossible to go over your head because he's literally, like, like mating rituals. Like, I want to study yeah. your mating rituals. <laughs> it's it's a pretty, pretty direct at that point, Indy. When he goes back over there after that, and he's like, you know, he's looking for a secret door or whatever. And he kind of like charges in with purpose. And she's like, oh, be gentle with me. You know, like that part's, that part's really, fun. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty funny. And he just like ignores her and like is looking all over the room and doesn't say anything to her. And she's just like, I'm here. Like, as if like, he's like looking for her. So like Kate Capshaw is like, actually, I think really funny in this movie. Um, and then when she has to go in and save him in short round, when the when the you know the room with the spikes is closing, and she has to go through all the bugs or whatever, and she's just all grossed out by it, and she's like, "Oh, what do I have to do?" And he and he just keeps telling her. Like at one point, he like looks through the little peephole, and he's like, "We are going to die." <laughs> whatever. Like, <laughs> that whole scene, both of them, are, they are so funny. So this movie is still, I think, I I think this movie is funnier than Raiders. Um, <laughs> Which which I appreciate. That's a positive for this one. Um, and yeah, as a character, I think Willie had to grow on me throughout the runtime. I mean, yeah, I I definitely agree with you. And she's definitely. I mean, it's like I said earlier. They they had this character to be different from Ravenwood in the first one, who's less of you know more of this damsel in distress. And I I think we get that with all the scenes. Like she's grossed out by bugs. She's into him but she also like she doesn't want to be there and you you get that through basically every line throughout the first act of the movie she's like i've been dragged here against my will i mean she you. was though when you really think about it like she's she's being really annoying and really like her not eating the, the food in the village like she comes off really really like inconsiderate there um but when you but like, she was. She when was you take a step there. back, she really was just like, a singer in a club that happened to sit down at the wrong table at the wrong time, and now she's ended up in the fucking temple of doom, <laughs> like a day <laughs> later, like with people she just met. Like it does suck to be Willie in this context. Um, she did not ask for any of this, uh, but yeah, she's overall yeah. Kate Capshaw is very good. Can I say something? Top ten yeah. damsel in this in distress outfit of all mm. time, I think. The red dress? No, 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 no. The one at the end of the movie. Oh, the white one. Was yeah. it white? It's a good. That that's so a good weird. list. That's a good list. I'll give you my full top ten damsel in distress outfit list later. <laughs> <laughs> so what? A, what a prompt. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a spinoff episode of that one. Just to round out the relationship between Indiana and and Willie, and then we can just move on to something else. Is I love the way it ends with. You know, her being like, oh, I'm going back to Missouri. You know, like, you know, cool shout out there to us. But um, she actually, I think she's actually she from. She went to Missouri. Yeah, I, was saying she, I think Kate Capshaw actually might be from Missouri. Yeah, she went to Missouri. Yeah. Um, I think I have like some 
four degrees connection to her actually um through like you know friend of my parents or whatnot but um she the way that she wants to leave or whatever and then indiana so smooth so smooth here this might be his best romantic moment here in terms of just his character when he whips that around her waist and pulls her back into a kiss that's like that's that's the cool leading man movie star shit that I love from Harrison Ford. That's that's about as good as it gets, you know. That's he's a he. That's the women want him, men want to be him moment, or men want him, you know, women want to be him, you know, depending on your your orientation. Uh, so I mean, it's he, he's he's pretty <laughs> sick. Uh, but I think it's also a couple that you don't wonder where she is in Raiders, given that this takes place a year before. This is not like a girl that you're like. Wait, but why wouldn't she be with him in Raiders? It's like this is pretty clear that this would not be a <laughs> a long-lasting relationship here. More of an infatuation a, than an actual falling in love type of situation here. Yeah, this is a for now kind of thing, you know, not forever. Yeah. She she was going back to Missouri. I mean, she uh she definitely was had it with these adventures. Why would she not go back you to could Shanghai? Definitely see at the- she said she had it really good in Shanghai. She said she was in limousines and going out to nice dinners and, and all that. She probably had did a garden. go back. There, maybe we don't. Maybe we, we maybe we learn in the yeah, next. But movie. she definitely did warm yeah. up. What happened to Willie after it. a while? Or I warmed up to her. I guess she didn't. I was really to say she warmed up to you. Wow, that's lucky you. I meant, <laughs> I meant I warmed up to her. That, okay, as the movie Corey. kept going because like once that scene, as I talked about in her room between her and Indy, it just I liked her a lot more after that. Yeah. So no Nazis in this movie. Uh, we've replaced them with uh, the the the, the thuggy. Is that what mm-hmm. they call themselves? Yeah, the thuggy, the this this cult this cult religion thing. Um, I don't know much about what the thuggy were like in real life. I think that was like an actual group. I don't know if they did this stuff. This movie plays pretty loose with, uh, other cultures. Uh, you know, this, I think now would be a fine time to address it. This movie is its biggest imperfection. (laughs) I would say it doesn't handle like right off the bat. Uh, if you've heard the term white savior, it, that term gets applied to a lot of movies. It's a whole, yeah, this one this definitely, definitely would fit one. it. This, this one would definitely fit it. I mean, the way that Indiana arrives in this village and I get that the, in, in, the white guy legitimately falls from the sky. And they apparently like prayed or whatever to have a savior. And he walks into this village and they all put his hand, they, they, before he, they even know who he is, I guess they had just assumed that this is who they prayed for, but they all put, all put their hands on him, you know, like he's, like he's, you know, their Messiah or whatever, which in a, in a sense, he, he ends up being in the context of the movie, you know, bringing back, you know, their sacred stone and all their children and whatnot. Uh, this, this village has had a rough though. So they've, uh, Indiana is going to get a, you know. Do, do what he can to bring back their sacred stone and get to the bottom of this. Um, I actually like that as a deal. character moment for Indy because he was just so like, I, I think ever like short round and Willie both like, we got to get out of here. Like we got to get back to where we were supposed to go. And like Indy's kind of on that. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know we got to figure out how to get out of here. But then after hearing that, you just see it like what happened to them just kind of like take a toll on him. Cause all of a sudden he's just like, they stole all of their children and you just like you Mm -hmm. kind of see that reflected in which i thought that was not not saying i i i I, but i thought that was i thought that was good character moment because you 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 learned a lot about indy from there at that point he 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 wants to help people you know he's 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 a a good guy he's a really good guy because he he felt that i thought that was i thought that was cool to see and i think harrison played it very very well right there too Absolutely. I think it, the problem is not anything to do with Indiana Jones' character. It's just the way that it's set up and portrayed yeah. in general within the movie. I mean, even they even give him some food or whatever, and, you know, Willie's the one being ignorant, and he's the one that's being like, this is, like, you're insulting them and embarrassing me, like, eat the food or whatever. And he's he's very respectful of, of, of them and, and all that, obviously, which... I think the line he even says is, this is more than these people eating a Yeah, week. exactly. Like they are giving him all this food, and even though he may not like it, he's still eating it because he respects the fact that 
they are giving this to him because they are showing appreciation to Right, him. and he doesn't even know why yet. Uh, but they, then that's when they tell him that they need him to go on the, the, the quest, as it were. Uh, they and, and then just to wrap up just this, um, I guess you could call it uh, insensitivity or... Um, you know, just being a little reckless uh, in terms of like treating treating India as the other, like the scene with the food, like with Willie that I brought up earlier. It's just like, you know, it's not. This is not portrayed as oh, look at what this weird cult eats. This is at this point in the movie. This is like, oh, look at Indian food, <laughs> and it's like eyeball soup and monkey brains and and snakes with with eels, with eels or like yeah. a pregnant snake or something. I don't know what the concept was with the snake surprise meal and the whole time it's all it's, it's all, portrayed, it's all as, played yeah, for it's portrayed as gross out gags um so in that sense not that's that's the weaker aspect of the movie uh obviously doesn't ruin the movie for me by any means uh I'm, i just think it's worth pointing out that that's a that would be a negative for me i um, i did write down as a note for that um i wrote down like very interesting steven spielberg uh switched out nazis <laughs> with indian people in this movie which i thought was kind of i was like oh not a great look you know because i mean that's kind of what it felt like when he, i mean you were saying like um it, they weren't even it, they, i guess they didn't realize but they also weren't really in that cultish area where they were like tearing hearts out of each other but um you still saw all these like foods and you would think like oh my gosh who is eating that and like it's supposed to be like a gag thing where you're like oh but it's also like oh my gosh like they're eating out of like a skull like even if it's a monkey school. So I thought that was like, they're kind of painting it in a bad light too, but I mean, I would if, eat monkey brains. If the way that looked in the movie, that actually didn't look that bad. Um, but well, when he delicious. was eating it, yeah. But I, I think the point, like showing that the, they're eating out of a school, I thought that was kind of like, Oh, I think that it felt like they was already trying, yeah. like trying yeah. to paint it in a bad light. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's fair to say necessarily that they're replacing Nazis with Indian people because it's not like everyone in India is the bad guy. You know, he's still. No, I mean, I, I was just saying, like, it's I just was a kinda, cult within the film. I know, but it also felt. It, I, I was just saying, like, it kind of felt like the way it was being portrayed. At least, it kind of felt like that. Yeah, and I was also kind of making yeah. like a general, like, oh, you know. But no, it, right. you're you're right. It, it wasn't. It wasn't everyone. It just felt like maybe it. it yeah. Yeah. Either way, it, it, it's 1984. It's not. It, it, this stuff was happening a lot in movies. Uh, so it's. I don't think this that would happen like that now if they made this movie. So, uh, in general, though, uh, moving on, there's we got a lot of cool action set pieces in this movie that I think really. I Corey, I want to address your issue with Raiders with this stuff because you, your thing was like, oh, there's a baseline in Raiders, and there's not many moments that really wowed you or whatever that really made you take a step back and be like, that was awesome. And then I, I made a remark that I think Temple of Doom actually is kind of the opposite of Raiders in that sense where instead of operating on a very consistent baseline, I think this movie has some sillier lows, you know, if you even want to consider them lows. And then also some moments that are like, wow, that was awesome. I agree. So, Corey, what I want to ask you is, did this movie have the moments that you felt Raiders was lacking? Okay, I'm just going to, yes or no, yes. I think this did, and I'll tell you why. I just felt, and I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit before, but when that whole, like, tearing the heart out and the entire that entire scene when they first initially see that, I was just glued. Like, I could not, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I... That was a very high high, in my opinion. And I'll say, like, even the end, I thought was still a pretty high high when they got to the end and that, like, the entire conclusion and um, just going through all that. I really liked those scenes. And I think those were two that stood out to me in particular as, like, oh, my gosh, like, those are really cool action scenes. Another scene that I thought also stood out to me, like, this is a really good moment, was between Indy and Willie in her bedroom when they're flirting back and forth. I thought that was a really good moment and like continuing kind of after that um, when he comes back in and um, the small little fight that Indy has with the guard. Um, I thought all of those... Yeah, that ends with the hanging. <laughs> that yeah, ends with I like thought, the hang. Yeah, that, I was, like, that was really cool. That's what I'm saying. I thought those were really good. And I just... I, I, 
I will say this. I did have I watched like a little bit of this movie and I wasn't really into it because I and I had to pause it because I had to go do something. But I was I, it was only like the first 20 minutes and I wasn't really in it. And then I so I think I was I could have been in the wrong headspace when I watched um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I will say that. I think it might have had something to do with the day as well. But I thought, I mean, objectively, I saw that then, and that's what I felt. I saw this now, and this is how I feel. I definitely got the high highs that I that I wanted, that I felt went above the rest of the movie. Well, I was just going to ask. So in Raiders, I mean, the ending, you mentioned the ending, um, mm-hmm. how you liked that a little bit more. Do you think you liked it more because it's a bit of this conclusion like this, happy ending where as raiders there's the shot where like our best men are on it and then you see the arc going into like area 51 do you was that something that kind of was that something that you you liked a little more that there was kind of this full conclusion as to i would like to say it's a little bit of a cliffhanger i I don't think i because you're talking about the very end of both the movies right and i don't think that really had anything to do with it because i was just saying like even during raiders of the lost ark i was i was like okay this is all i i just i didn't have that moment that i was just like okay okay good great 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 and i just kept going with all that and it just felt like very stagnant at a very good level i just want to keep saying that But this one, I felt like there were those moments where I was just like, ah, but but then we got, we bounced up and it was very high. Like, I definitely think this had moments that was lower um, in quality or like captivatingness. I don't know if there's a term for that. Um, Then Raiders for sure. In terms of like the set, like what you were talking about with the heart scene, Corey, uh, and that that's a good moment to, you know, single out in terms of another big positive I have with this movie is that the production design is insane. Just absolutely, the fact that they built this giant ass set for like the literal Temple of Doom here, between that and then the, you know, just the mine where they are mining, like they have the kids mining stuff and uh, and then the actual mine train, uh, you know, chase scene. Like the, the sets that they had to build and the bridge, you know, at the end, like the sets that they have to build and all that, it, it really goes a long way where a lot of this would just, you know, again, I, this gets old after a while. A lot of this would just be CGI now. You know, they would just CGI these backgrounds or whatever. And you would feel a, you would feel that a bit of detachment, but you know that's it. Actually, being there gives it that depth and makes it feel real. And also, it helps that you know this is obviously a movie shot on film and not digital, which I also think adds to older movies in that sense visually. Um, but again, just like Raiders, I think this movie looks great. Uh, absolute uh, great cinematography, great lighting, a lot of iconic moments that are shot really well, just in terms of camera movement as well. So. Whoever the cinematographer was on this movie, I should have looked it up beforehand. Great job, along with Spielberg. Um, oh, cinematography by Douglas Slicombe. I don't know. That's that was a on the off the cuff pronunciation. Looking at the Wikipedia page, but yeah, this movie looks great. And then in terms of just this, how fun the action set pieces are, I thought the club, Obi Wan club scene is fun. Uh, the plane boat stuff, a little sillier. That's probably my low point for the movie. Um, I can live with it. I, I know it's intentional and that they're intentionally making a different type of movie. They're not trying to sell you something that's real here, but that it's, it's fine. It's just not my favorite. And then I think once Indiana gets freed from like the, the sleep of, uh, Kali, is that what they call it? Once Indiana gets out of that and he goes, we're getting out of here, all of us. And the music starts to like the music starts to build up there in a re- and it gives you a really heroic shot of Indiana standing there like as a guard walks up and just looks up and sees him and all the kids turn and see him and he's standing there and we slowly zoom in on him and we just see like 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 anger on his not like rage but like you see that he is angry and he is like ready to kick some ass and free some kids and he he punches that guard like five yeah, feet it's through absurd the air. how far that guy slides how that was awesome <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) No, it's my problem wasn't how far he slid. People can slide as far as they want. That dude is in the air for three seconds if you're watching the movie. As Indy, like, from the sound effect to the way he flies away, he is in the air for three seconds. Right. And then, yeah, so that's that's a whole big set piece where he's fighting that guard on that conveyor belt 
um, where we once again have some editing that makes it look like he's a lot closer to it than he really is by the time that he gets out of it. Uh, but then that guy gets, you know, while he's getting stabbed by the, you know, the Maharaja with the voodoo doll, like a lot of things going wrong, a lot of obstacles he's having to overcome here. And that, that guy obviously gets flattened by the steam rolling rock thing. And then we have the, the mine train, which is a, a fun set piece. And then the, the water comes through, which, you know, provides the really funny Harrison being like, or Indy being like, water, water, when his feet are burning. Water. And then water. all the water comes and then he starts screaming water, water or whatever. And then uh, I would, I again, excited to rewatch Last Crusade, but I might call the bridge scene my favorite set piece in the entire franchise. Uh, when he is on the in the middle of the bridge and they're coming at him from both sides with swords. Once Indiana realizes he has no other no other play, quite literally this is his only play, and also it's worth noting here that Harrison Ford looks absolutely, probably the most attractive I've ever been to a man in a movie. He was I was going to say. My dude was That, that no sleeve on his, on his right arm, you know, no sleeve, sweaty as hell. There is legit... There is legitimately a vein popping out of his arm. He looks fucking top, great. Top 15 uh, outfit by at the end of a movie by an action hero, I'd say. Yeah, we got that list coming soon, too. Another another list we have to address later down the line. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, he, he's got that dope line. He's just like, you know, see, get ready to see Kali. In hell, or whatever. In <laughs> hell. <laughs> That's raw as hell. And yeah, so he hits the, you know, cuts the rope and they drop and just in the alligators at the bottom, like all, or crocodiles. That, that whole sequence is awesome. And the way that John Williams was building it up with the drums, it, it's. For me, yeah, that's the peak of the movie and maybe the peak of the entire franchise there with the bridge scene. Um, any. You guys got a favorite scene from the movie? I know, Corey, you kind of said yours. Cole, do you have one? I don't really know, you know. Um, for me, it feels like I'm watching three different movies, and I'll get I'll get into that when I get into my review. Um, I would definitely see my favorite scene is probably the entire escape leading up to the bridge scene, like that entire that entire sequence. But the escape scene's really cool, just because Indy is. We get to see badass Indy. Again, you know, we haven't really seen him throughout most of this movie, and we finally get to see him again, which is really cool for yeah, me. Yeah, he's exceedingly badass in that sequence. Um, do you guys... He punches a man through the air. Yeah, it's sick as hell. Uh, and he's, he's, you know, he's, like I just said earlier, too, that scene where he's got the, the whip uh, kill, where he gets the whip around the guy's throat and then throws the handle at the fan. Awesome kill. <laughs> awesome kill. <laughs> You guys have anything else you want to want to talk about? So ready for award season then, I no. guess. All right. Apparently they straight off course, and we're fairly certain they're in guerrilla hands. So why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Either of you guys want to go first? It looks like Cole does. Wait, is this for... <laughs> no, can I go? <laughs> but Cole went first it. last time. <laughs> Fine, Corey can go first. I go second. Am I going first then? Yeah, just go, Corey. <laughs> oh, okay. I just said okay, it. Didn't my I? MVP, because that's what we're doing, correct? Yes. yes. My MVP is Short Round. Um, he definitely stood out as I mentioned before. Uh, the poker scene, it, you could really tell that he was just like handling his own with Indiana and like. Um, how do you pronounce his name again, Cole? What'd you say? Kiwi Kwan. Ki, I'm I'm sorry, this is bad. Ki- anyway, he was I, I I'm sorry. Um but he he was holding his own with Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford was like this this bat or this really cool action hero, actor, renowned actor that we've that we've been with for a while at this point and he was holding his own with him and I just thought he was doing great and he made the movie better and oftentimes when you see like a character duo like this where you have this action hero and then like a kid sidekick alongside of him you're just kind of annoyed to see him but in this case I wasn't so it's gonna be short round for me you know I gotta go with the obvious one Harrison Ford he's the man he's always the man he can 
He's got that swagger. He's a really charming guy. He can be really funny. Kiwi Kwan goes a big part in being a great foil for him to kind of be funny with, you know? Because he was just getting mad at him, and it's really funny to see. But Harrison Ford was really funny. He was really charming, and he's always just really cool, you know? Especially, you know, when he's as jacked as he is in this Mm. movie. I forgot to mention that during the green light. He, like... This was the first time he ever weight trained for a movie. It showed. And he got. He got. Because because he yoked. knew that he uh, had the the scene where he was like you know like a servant on the altar of Kali and he's you know shirtless and, and evil and whatnot. He had to look good for that. And he had. There's also to, to say what my last thing I'll bring had, up to when you said that he's really funny. There's that part on the mind train. Just this is the first time I've ever noticed this, where there's a bad guy hanging off the back of the the mind train cart that they're on, and he he punches them. And the guy kind of drops, and you can see that he thinks that the guy fell off the cart. And he just kind of, it's only for a second, but he turns around to Willie, like, smiling, like, I got him. <laughs> like, he's looking, like, really, he looks really proud of himself for a solid second. And the guy just had not actually fallen off and gets back up and, like, grabs him again. But it lasts for only a moment where he was just so proud of himself. It's just Harrison Ford's really funny. And then also the scene, it kind of reminded me of the New Hope scene, where he's chasing those guys and he's screaming. And he runs right. He oh runs right God, up to yeah, the camera. I totally, I, and like he just makes like sound like, uh, uh, and then he's like actually starts running backwards uh, after like the whole crowd is coming. It reminds me of that scene with Han Solo and New Hope on the Death Star, where he chases them around the corner, and then he sees all the stormtroopers and then runs back. You know what part I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. And I I love the fact that, I mean, Indiana is poor, Indiana is a nerd. And Harrison Ford does a great job, like, with that little scene that you said, like, I got him. This guy's still as badass as he is. He's still this dorky guy who teaches archaeology. Like, that's his job. This is this is a hobby for him. He's, he's a nerd. And I love the fact that he can portray that and how awkward he is with the way that there's this juxtaposition to... How charming he is. I wouldn't know? say he's awkward. I would just say that he's not, he, he's still like, is goofy sometimes. Uh, it, yeah. I guess the, just in general, the mashup of the, like we said a lot, just the, the archaeol, like the adventurer hero and the, you know, college professor archaeologist is just a fun mashup to begin with for a character. Uh, my MVP, I'm going to go, go off the beaten path here. I'm not going to say, Steven Spielberg, although he's obviously perfect again as uh, directing here, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the visual effects supervisor on the movie, um, Dennis Murin from from ILM, you know Lucas's special effects company, and he won an Oscar for this movie actually for best special effects. Um, I think all the special effects sequences in this movie look this like are great from the the heart thing to the. The being lowered into the you know the fire pit to the bridge with the animatronic people on the bridge that were made to look like they were freaking out when the bridge snaps like just for a little one second shot and they had to put that much work in and like that that's dedication that they just wouldn't do now that pays off and all, all everything looks great and there's just so much ingenuity here and creativity with how they execute this stuff that I, I I'm gonna go um, with the, just the special effects supervisor so because those those are just integral ingredients to what make these movies so fun. Um, so if nothing else, we can move on to the review section. It says that they insist on outside opinions. What kind of opinions? Well, your kind not to put too fine a point on it. I mean, let's face it, in your particular field, you're the top minds. So I'm going to go three out of 3.5 out of 5 with this one. Um, and that's not to say... There's parts of it I didn't love, because obviously there is. I mean, I was talking about this movie with so much joy. My biggest problem was, I don't think this they really knew what they wanted this movie to be. You know, because in the first, the first act, you have them going onto the plane, and that is really funny, and it's this kind of comical adventure and then you have the second act and it's this sort of mystery like finding the stones finding the MacGuffin right 
And then for the third act, it turns into this classic adventure movie, which I love. I love all of these individual parts. I just don't think in reality it meshes the way I remember it meshing when I was a kid because I I really did used to love this movie when I was a kid. But now you kind of see it for what it is in this three-act structure, and it just doesn't work the way I, I thought it used to. That being said, Kate Capshaw, she she is annoying at the beginning, and she really grows on me throughout, you know. She works best when she's not in the slapstick environment of the first act. Um, Kiwi Kwan, so great. Probably, like, the best part of the movie besides Harrison Ford. Okay, fair enough. All right, Corey, uh, what are you what are you feeling? Uh, I was gonna let you go. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, I'm gonna go four and a half out of five. So, I'm excited now. So I'm a half star below what I put for. Ra- I gave Raiders a perfect five. I'll give this one a four and a half, uh, just because, like I said earlier, I think the first third of this movie, not that I'm not entertained, I just think that has most of. That's where most of my problems are kind of concentrated are in the first third. That has the most, uh, there's a lot going on, kind of like what you said, just going from the club Obi-Wan, just to drop into the car, just to get onto the plane, and then jumping from a plane in, on a raft thing, and then and then that's when we just drop into the actual story in India. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's, and then the journey to the palace, again, all there's moments sprinkled in that I really like in this first third, but that also has the most annoying version of Willie when most of her jokes are just complaining about, you know, where she's at and whatnot. And the story doesn't really take it, like, get focused until we get inside the palace. And that's when things really kick in for me. I think from the from the scene where they start flirting with each other on, I think the movie really hits its stride. And from that point going forward, I think it's, like, firing on all cylinders. I think it's awesome. Uh, I love what this movie's doing. I love how dark it gets. Uh, I love that it scared the shit out of kids enough to where the MPAA really had to add an entirely new rating. Like, like that, that stuff, that the stuff that made that happen is the stuff I love about this movie. Just and then mixed with all the ingredients that made the first one good, which is the just Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, which is again just the movie star if there ever was one. So, four and a half out of five, great special effects, great action, great lead characters. Like I said, I know I'll bring it up again, short round was great. So, all the all these ingredients help me really love the movie still, even if it's not as seamless as the Raiders is for me. I'm I'm going to give this a four out of five. I really like this movie. And I know you're going to be like, you liked it more than the first one? I think I honestly did. I think I honestly like this one more than the first one. Um, I was in, there were scenes where I just, I wanted to keep talking about it. I texted someone about it afterwards, not on this pod. Um, I was just like, do you remember have you seen this movie recently do you remember this part and there was not a part i did that for um raiders it was the, it was the heart scene um and we were talking about something else i didn't just start a conversation about that we just anyway i really like this movie it had the high highs i need it felt like i was on an adventure um and i just like i was wasn't sure where i was going to go next and so i really liked it so four out of five i don't think that's as uncommon as a as a take as you you would think. I think a lot of people actually, I think between the first three movies, a lot of people kind of go any which order, and I don't think people bat an eye much. At, I think they're all pretty relatively close in quality, honestly, the first three. Yeah. So you're 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 not weird. Don't worry, Corey. You're not weird. God still loves you. Um, <laughs> moving on to the post credits. <laughs> you're still here. It's over. Go home. Alrighty, um, shit, man, I don't know, did I, oh, wait, we got Last Crusade coming, we got Last Crusade coming, that's the big thing that we gotta say here, so, we're continuing our, just run straight through of Indiana Jones on our, on our Raiders march to, uh, Dial of Destiny, coming up, excited for that one, another new movie that we're covering for you guys, along with Scream 6 and Ant-Man 3, who could forget the great Ant-Man 3 Quantumania, so, (laughs) (laughs) Corey, did you, uh, did you watch anything you want to talk about? Um, I felt I, I feel like I did, but I can't. Oh, I saw the new Spider Verse movie. Um, that was. Ooh, I really liked it. Think? It wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Meaning by the end, 
I everything else I was just like this is great. It took I, I felt like it took everything from the first one and just like outdid it almost. You know? Like the first one on yeah, steroids. Yeah, I, not, and of. I was here for it, you know? Drugs are never a bad thing, you know? Yeah. So I um <laughs> steroid baseball is the best baseball. It is. It was at the time. Anyway, I, I really liked it. Highly recommend it. I am so, so excited for the third one. I thought I was excited for this one. Well, I was excited for this one, but I just, I am, I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for a year waiting for the third one. Like, what if they, what if they I, just forgot to make it? What if they just like, oh, they're like, oh my God, that's come, that's due in a few months. We do like, oh no. They just completely <laughs> slipped their mind. Oh no. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little upset. You have less of a wait for this movie than Zach and I do because we saw this first. Now we have a longer wait than you do, and I'm kind of jealous that you have the short. Well, the trade-off is that Corey had a longer wait for the second one. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. But I am excited. Who was your favorite? Who's my favorite Spider-Man? Dude, the punk rock one. That he is. Yeah, he's Toby. Yeah, he's awesome, he's man. Any other answer is wrong. He was great. I'm a spy. I'm, I'm I, a Spider Gwen fan my, <laughs> myself. I want an entire spinoff about Hoagie. I mean, honestly, in these days, you probably will get it. You know, spin up spinoffs no, for I days, baby. Keep it pumping. Um, I, I watched. Uh, da, da, oh, I went and saw the Boogeyman. A movie based on a Stephen King short story. So on a whim in one night, I decided to look up the Stephen King short story. It was available online and I read it and then I went and saw the movie. The short story is a lot better. That is all I will say. Did you like the story though? What was it about? Oh, I love the short story. It's, it's, it's pretty dark. It's about a guy. It's the short story is just all a therapy session, uh, but from a guy named Lester Billings who is telling a therapist that, how all three of his kids were killed at different times, like at a young age, like before the age of like three or four, all of them were killed at different times by, you know, quote unquote, the boogeyman. And it's kind of unclear the whole time to the therapist, whether or not it it, it really seems like this guy, you know, killed his kids and he's blaming it on the boogeyman. (laughs) But I'm not going to spoil how the short story plays out, but it's, that's, it's those type of vibes. It's pretty uncomfortable, but it's creepy. The movie does not utilize it very well. The, I don't think not yeah. as effectively as it could have. Just the entire time, this guy's just like, man, this guy killed his kids. <laughs> it was <laughs> kind of like the picture of the therapist in Scream Six when when Sam tells him, like, oh, I stabbed him twenty four times and shot him in the head, and and then he's and she's like, and it felt oh. good, and he's just like, oh, okay. Uh, so it's a lot of it's a lot <laughs> of that type of like <laughs> that type of reaction. So. Are you saying this like takes place inside one room? It's like this. Well, that's what the short story is. The movie is not. The movie is not. Okay. Yeah, I I think the short story is just more effective in its in its own medium than the movie is. Yes, Corey. Yes, you had a I, thought. I I was waiting for you to be done. I just I remembered I had a thought. Um, I actually there's something else that I <laughs> recently finished. I finished the first two, um, Invincible like comics basically out of three there's like three big ones that the entire story sectioned off into and i finished the first two it's insane nice yeah i'm a fan i'm excited for the show to continue because i think i this might be a hot take i really like the story i think the show might develop the story a little bit better Hmm. than the books do Hmm. well i I can't I'm, say that you're I wrong because did I didn't read. read well, I, I know people are usually like, oh, the books are better and everything like that because reading is important. But I, I, I think at this case, <laughs> I think like, I think the show just really develops the characters a little bit deeper than. Well, I get. Does, isn't yeah. Robert Robert Kirkman a writer? Yeah, on and the I, show, I, I think though I too? think he does really. I I just think it felt like in while reading the comic books it felt like he has a time limit almost in the comic book and he has to go he has to get it felt like he had to get to a certain place in a certain time and it felt like with the show he's just kind of like developing the characters a bit more which i mean once you like 
as far as I've gotten, like you, you get a lot of character development with all of them, but I just feel like in a shorter amount of time, um, you get more of it, which I, I kind of, I have appreciated a little bit more, but yeah, I, I recommend them. I'm excited for the next season. I'm excited for the following seasons after that too. But yeah, that's it. Uh, I rewatched hot fuzz the other day. I really just love hot fuzz in general. Such a funny movie, you know, Timothy Dalton might be one of my favorite film antagonists of all time, just in that movie. Cause he's so menacing in such a nice way throughout the entire movie. And it's so funny. Um, but that being said, I can't wait till we cover the Cornetto trilogy because I really love those movies and I really want to talk about them. But I'm getting ready to see The Flash, you know. That's what I'm I'm getting ready for. Uh, I thought about ways that maybe we could get creative and cover The Flash if we did, like, the Michael Keaton Batmans, but I, I just don't know. We'll see how I – honestly, we'll see if The Flash is worth talking about. I don't even want do to that. talk about The Flash. The trailers have not, not – been good for me the trailers make it look like it's like black adam or shazam or one of those types of movies which i'm like what what part of those movies are you trying to do again like that is those movies were not good all righty well if uh if we if we got i mean if we got nothing else i guess we can uh call it call it an episode and until uh next time with last crusade okay bye <laughs> <laughs>